This is ND Insider's Pot of Gold. Now, with all things Notre Dame football, here's Tom Noy, Mike Berardino, and Austin Huff. A special edition of Pot of Gold from the WNDU studios, your home to countdown and kickoff on the morning after Notre Dame goes down to Ohio State, 17-14, Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. Looking out the window, Mike Berardino. It's sunny outside here in South Bend, but there is a cloud of disappointment coming off what happened late last night at Notre Dame Stadium. The Irish look like they're in position to beat Ohio State, to have their signature win, and everything goes sideways. The sun comes up, but it's kind of kind of a, a, a hangover feeling around town right now with, with what happened at the stadium. The Irish were n- number nine. You have them now 13th in the Associated Press poll. Just a missed opportunity for so many reasons for this football program in a game that really they should have won. you got to win that game, right? Yeah. yeah the, the, way it, the way it all went down, that uh, feels like a... Uh, a very strange uh, event, and uh, it feels it feels like ne- uh, it feels like neither team won, neither team lost. It's not you know, it goes down as a win uh, for Ohio State. It goes down as a as a dead a point loss uh, that will be held against Notre Dame, even if it runs the table uh, t- to try to get into the college football playoff. But forget running the table; it's it's going to be a <laughs> gargantuan achievement just to get this team back up emotionally physically spiritually uh mentally all of it for duke at at duke next week um is now six days away and that's a night game and uh, don't you know that mike elko and and a team that's already beaten clemson will be revved up and guess what espn is taking its road show to durham this weekend College game day, going to, going to Wallace Wade Stadium for the Notre Dame-Duke game. 7.30 start, Saturday night. It's now week to like Marcus Freeman talks a lot about week to week. This is really week to week for this football team. You can't, you can't look ahead to what's coming with Louisville or what's coming with USC when Notre Dame comes back home again in three weeks or the Clemson game in November. Just figure out a way to go and get a win and feel good about yourselves because – there was not a lot for Notre Dame to feel good about itself leaving Notre Dame Stadium last night against Ohio State. There just wasn't. I mean, you you, you play that game, you come within a yard, a play here, a play there. You can't, can't get it done. Inches at the inches. goal line. And we talked last night. We talked actually. What was it? Maybe even earlier this morning. I don't even. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any time. Rel- time relevance oh, right now. Four-dimensional like, concept. Four-dimensional concept. I feel like I'm back in college at the University of Dayton. And if you went to the University of Dayton, you know what this feels like. Where it's a big party night on a Saturday. You wake up Sunday morning, kind of feeling a little foggy. Trying to piece together everything, all the all the highlights and the lowlights and, and and memorable moments that happened the night before. I finished my column about two thirty, went to bed about three fifteen, and got up at eight. And here we are taping a podcast. So yeah, the, the the glamorous life of sports writers the day after or the night after or the day after a night game, and we get to do the night game thing again in another six days. Whew. My question is, I see you have a cup of, I suppose, coffee over there. But I don't drink coffee. Water. I've got water. water. I've right. never had a cup coffee. of coffee That's in my right. life. But did you bring your lunch pail, Tom? Did you bring it? I did not bring my lunch pail. Lou Holtz did not bring his lunch pail. 
Obviously, Notre Dame did not bring its lunch pail. I did a radio show on Friday in Indianapolis, and they said, all right, if Notre Dame loses this game on Saturday to Ohio State, what will the headline be as the reason why? And my response was, Notre Dame loses to Ohio State because it does not answer the moment. It did not. It's, it stares down the spotlight and just doesn't deliver. And I believe I, Notre Dame didn't answer the moment. They didn't deliver. They had the moment. The moment was there. Yeah. And we can get into 10 men on the field here for the second and goal play from the one. The 10 men on the field again on the third and goal play from the one. But looking back on that last drive that started with a minute 26 left at Ohio State's 35-yard line, Notre Dame had three chances. Third and 10 from the Ohio State 35. Ohio State gets a first down. Fourth and seven from the Notre Dame 30, 39. Ohio State gets a first down. And then the crusher, third and 19 from the Notre Dame 22. First down again. The 10 men on the field is an absolute head scratcher, and we'll get into the 10 men eventually. But those three plays, if your defensive coordinator, Al Golden, and you're that defense, the number one pass efficiency defense in the country coming in, you've got to figure out a way to get off the field. And when they didn't do that, you kind of, as you're standing on a field on the floor of Notre Dame Stadium, you're kind of thinking, this is not going to end well for this Notre Dame football team. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I've already mentioned on uh, Twitter this morning, or whatever we call it, with the, uh, I'm not doing that, but the I look at the snap counts as a lot of people do, but from Pro Football Focus, and one of the one of the misters a number of remaining questions that will uh, will be taken into the week. We'll see uh, how many of those get answered on Monday at noon when Marcus Freeman steps before the cameras again uh, before he is on to Duke. But uh, before they get on to Duke, we we're going to have to learn more about why was the rotation narrowed so drastically uh, in snaps. At, uh, against Ohio State, the only real fair match is is comparison would be what happened at NC State and some people for a for a pregame announcement and a sense of that all student athletes on the two D roster are available to mm-hmm. play. Those who were left out of the fun on snap counts who were a who got at least nine snaps at NC State, which was another game in the balance in the second half against a Power Five opponent. Um, among those were Jaden Mickey, who got zero defensive snaps last night. Uh, Donovan Heinish, who had been coming along nicely. Um, he, he wasn't out there at all. Um, let's see who else I had on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, Junior Tui Halamaka, another one that didn't get defensive snaps. And, so the number there were sixty nine total snaps to be had. That was about thirteen fewer than were at at, at NC State. But they narrowed it to the point where they never took Cam Hart off the field. Mm-hmm. They never took Xavier Watts off the field. Morrison came off for two snaps. They never took Bertrand off the field, uh, coming off a, a week where he missed with concussion. And these are essential players, of course. But I, I wonder uh, to some extent if, if Al Golden. Uh, was still traumatized by the the big uh, touchdown they gave up at Ohio State last year where Jaden Mickey, f- first career game, you know, got pushed in there. The Bracey was having cramps 
and uh, and a touchdown happened. But especially on that defense now, you know, the, the guy who was missing, I don't have it. I, I haven't I, I'd gone through it. It's just all a blur. I will get it. Uh, I will find that replay. But and but um, you mean the man, the the, 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 the guy that was man missing at the, the last end? Time. Yeah, are we believing it's Botello? Is that because I I haven't done the full head count of who exactly was in there? I did see Bertrand was in on the play. Brown on the very last play. Harper was out there, and God bless Harper came in and talked about it, and had a horrible game. For Thomas Harper's a good player, but Jim Knowles had him at. Oklahoma State and must have passed plenty of information along about who to target. You mentioned those big third down plays. Um, they picked the third on Thomas and ten. Harper. Thomas Harper was just he he couldn't have been any more obvious if he had been, you know, uh, w- wearing the the LED light up uh, bracelet because they found him uh, that third and ten. Harper was in coverage on the final drive. The fourth and seven. Harper was in coverage according to my notes. Um, of course, and then they played soft. At third, they they pulled Too off. Soft. They called off the dogs on third and nineteen, and yes. they only rushed three. And they, and Marcus said they played quarters, which you kind of divide the field into four quarters, and and you and it's soft. It's a prevent defense look at third and nineteen. Why would you do that on the very previous play? Um, you know, you you had you had gotten to the quarterback not just with Snead but with Botello as well. That Ohio State line was was reeling, and McCord had taken them all the way down the field, but suddenly it was looking like another red zone failure for Ohio State. Notre Dame had its best, you know, it's having a, it was having a wonderful red zone renaissance uh, this year. <laughs> and uh, until was, last night, it was one of the, well, right up until that last <laughs> yeah. series, because um, Notre Dame had only allowed four touchdowns in like 15 uh, series uh, or, or red zone attempts for the other team. Well, that's top 10 in the country. All the stats were good. But all that goes out the window, Tom, when it ends that way, and nobody wants to talk about that. They just want answers, and they want blood. They want somebody to pay, and I don't think anyone pays in the short term. They shouldn't, but— What do you think this is, the NFL? The NFL, people pay. People pay. Not for long. But you you hope that that everybody will—I mean, this is where—I'll just shut up now, but your your point about Marcus Freeman— uh, finding a way to uh, to reduce everything to moment to moment, you know, win the interval, win the he, win the told him, win the frickin interval. He win said, the period. They're gonna have to, you can't. You're never gonna get to Duke. You're never gonna get to the college football playoff. You're never gonna get to to Tuesday, bloody Tuesday, as they call it, the series. I mean, that's what's that practice gonna be like until you get back in the moment, get your head into today and and realize that I, I think they did a lot of good things in that they game. Did. They were toe to toe, ready to beat that team. They had them on the ropes and um they had them they had them defeated and then Notre Dame beat Notre Dame. They did. And the one thing we kept kept hearing was Notre Dame can be a good team as long as Notre Dame does not beat Notre Dame. It wasn't the penalties as was the case against North Carolina State and Central Michigan that threw up the red flag. Penalties were okay last night. It was not being able to answer the moment, and the moment was right there for Notre Dame. After that, once they once they punt the ball away, give the ball back to Ohio State, a minute 26, 65 yards away, in your stadium on a Saturday night, sold out. The place is going up for grabs, and they deliver that. Now we get back to the 10, 10, only 10 men on the field. Marcus Freeman did say after the game that they were trying to run a defensive lineman into the game there. So if 
if it is Jordan Botello, it's, I mean, it, it would make sense because Jordan Botello is a defensive lineman and that's what they were missing. But to second guess and to look back and say to, about Marcus Freeman, well, you should have called timeout or you should have did this or you should have did that. He's out of timeouts. So. Right. You're out of timeouts. But here's what I, I, I just can't get past this. You can't put yourself in that situation. If, if you're at Notre Dame, you're at Notre Dame, you're playing Ohio State on a Saturday night in northern Indiana, you can't be in a position to where you only have 10 men on the field. Not once, but twice. That goes back to coaching. It goes back to organization as to when everything starts hitting the fan, how are you going to respond? We, what we saw, we saw it last year with Stanford, with Marshall, with whatever game that Notre Dame lost, we didn't think we were going to see it this year. That's a step backward for this program. I feel I feel like it's 2022 again, not 2023, and they're barreling toward a showdown against Ohio or a, a USC and a showdown at Clemson, and who knows where the season's going to go with this. They may win 10 games. They may win 11 games. Now it's, now you, you got to go on the road and beat Duke. Big step back, big disappointment for Notre Dame football right now. Uh, absolutely, and and you know so many so many uh, things to uh, chew on and and figure out. It was just the, the uh, cruelty of it all, as we said. But um, you know, there one of the what ifs. Hindsight always twenty twenty. But one of the what ifs. I think in real time, people would would say uh, on that last offense, well, the last full offensive series for Notre Dame after the. The huge, seemingly game ceiling uh, stop at four right. twelve to go, um, first down on the first play, quick pass. I mean, Marcus Freeman said he wanted to keep on to stay and <laughs> stay, uh, stay aggressive. That and I commend that. Uh, so he, you know, twelve yard gain on a first down pass, and then they get another first down. Boom, estimate eleven yards. This is back breaking stuff right there. You're down inside uh, three minutes now, and then Sam Hartman uh, drops back again and and loses five yards. And I just wonder if you just had Estime barrel up the middle and, mm -hmm. and 11 yards, and he had a light night of usage, by the way, for Estime. He, he, he didn't get fully going, partly because it was a very strange rotation at running back, and Dylan McCullough created this five-man, uh, five-headed monster because of his coaching ability. But however they decided to do it, it went this way. Estime, 25 snaps. Uh, Jeremiah Love had a fine game, 16 snaps. Jabron Payne had a fine game, 14 snaps, but Devin Ford was in there for 12 snaps and several touches, and J Jadarian Price not out there enough for my money with just 10 snaps, so obviously healthy enough to play, but was very. He didn't even get a touch, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half. You were uh, that, you were all uh, over that storyline at halftime. Like, yeah. where is Jadarian Price at? He got a, he got what, weird. one token snap there in the first yeah, half, just a show me kind of like, thing. Here you go. And then, and, and suddenly, he's out there uh, at the key parts of the game. It was it was a price that they were looking for in the flat that Hartman was looking for in the flat, and was Hartman was very lucky not to have a pick six. Hey, uh, that right was there. nearly pick six. That right was there. JT Tuiamololo. Tu JT. Yeah, everybody JTT. just says JT. Everybody's like JTT. JTT. JT. They were down. Ohio State was down with JTT right there, and they they almost had it. I mean, imagine if you, you lose it that way. But that would that pass. You know, you had you had a price out there at that point. But it just seemed like 
<laughs> at, at, at you're on your 34, fresh set of downs, Ohio State down to its final two timeouts, and Marcus Freeman said he wasn't just going to run the ball and make Ohio State use his timeouts, so he's sticking with it. But if they had done that, that's, that's less aggressive for sure, and then people could say whatever. But if you do that, Ohio State had to use its timeout after Hartman was dropped for a five-yard loss, uh, and then incomplete pass near pick six, uh, so no timeout needed, and then a run up the middle, and Ohio State at this point chose to let the clock run down and save that final timeout. And um, that, that proved to be massive because the 10-second runoff did not happen after the intentional grounding, grounding. 15 seconds. If, that, if, Ohio, if, you just run, if you just run the ball on the second down, second and 15, and you just say, all right, we're gonna, just going to make them eat their, burn their final two timeouts, Ohio State psychologically might feel a little more rushed on the final uh, 86 seconds because you're out of timeouts. And also, actually, real life, what happened, uh, that the final play of the game would have been a stop at the one-yard line, bringing up memories of on the 21-yard on the, on the pass, stopping him there. The clock would have run out. Would have run it out. Started, would have started with five seconds. That was an eight-second play. So... Um, because they didn't rush anybody, and it would have brought up some memories of the what the the Rams Super Bowl win over the Titans all those years ago, one yard away. One yard away. It was June. It had been what nine months since Notre Dame did not convert that fourth down call against Stanford when we were sitting and talking with Marcus Freeman, and it it had been nine months. And he still lamented the call that he made on the fourth and one. It was either fourth and one or fourth and two, where Notre Dame couldn't gain a yard. And, and he talked about how he was sick. He was still second guessing himself after that call that happened way back in October to a really bad Stanford team. That still ate at Marcus Freeman nine months later. How long is Saturday night going to eat at Marcus Freeman as to what he could have done better as a head coach against his alma mater in a game Notre Dame really had to have? Wild. Unanswerable. TBD, because um, this will test him, obviously, Mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. This will test his own ability to practice what he preaches, which is turn the page, you know, have a neck pay, one play, one life. Um, You know, you can't let that turn into one mistake, one career. You can't do that. He's too good at this. He's too uh, organized. He's too motivational. He's come too far and he's too good a recruiter he's you know you you could potentially just load this thing up with enough talent they're on the way to do it where you you don't have these one you don't even have one score games one play games against the vast majority of your opponents that they've they're on that kind of trajectory but as i wrote today in the analysis that that all those trajectory and and hierarchy and 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 things that you thought were now uh, just kind of place inert the inertia has been interrupted it has and and that's why we that's why we're in here on a midday on a on a Sunday trying to figure it out because that's what the whole uh, ND Nation that's what the whole college football world's trying to figure out is what exactly was that how he, how can that happen when it all re- here's the thing it had already happened against Tennessee State and they got away with it and when I remember asking Marcus Freeman about it on that Monday um, and he gave the answer that that's where he. He said the quality control aspect of it. He talked to the coach. He told everybody, just calm down. We can't have that. You know, just just all the things that he'll, 
he'll do to, to, to smooth the waters, but also made it clear that that was the Notre Dame can't beat Notre Dame. It was unacceptable. It couldn't happen. Uh, he said, miss, miss, MAs happen for players yeah. and MAs happen for coaches. And we, and, had, bo- we had both MAs yeah. appear <laughs> late Saturday night. So that's three times in the, you know, not officially in the red zone on the Tennessee State play, but close to it, uh, about the, the 20-something. Three times in your defense with your uh, facing, your, you know, down in scoring territory, and there's confusion, and you don't even have the 11th man on the field. Uh, it's, 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 it's astounding. So Notre Dame is 4-1 right now. They have to go to Duke. We know what's coming. Duke, Louisville. USC, how do, if you're Notre Dame, how do you how do you move forward with this? Because this is gonna this will sit for a while. Because no matter what you do against Duke, no matter what you do against Louisville, no matter what happens against USC, you're always gonna have what could have happened, what should have happened against Ohio State. Like everything that this program had been building toward since maybe Stanford last year when they lose to Stanford in mid October, everything they had been building toward has basically. I don't want to say it's been wiped out or or erased, but it's it's been put on pause. Well, where where is this Notre Dame football program going? I don't I don't have any idea. Well, you know they they certainly struggled to turn the page and 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 put the pain behind them last year after the Ohio State loss, mm-hmm. but they had had all off season to think about and 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 prepare to beat Ohio State, and they felt like they let one get away there, too. They could not finish. Here they did everything right up to the last moment. They uh, came inches away from finishing, and this is where the strength on the mental side, this is where sports psychology and and, and all the things, this is going to require more than hashtags. (laughs) This is going to require belief and bite-sized healing, moment-by-moment healing, and like you say, there's, I think there's, there's got, it's got to be on two tracks. Internally, when they have those morning meetings with the coach, just with the coaching staff and everybody on, on quality control and analysts and everybody, everybody who fed into who needed to be on the field in the moment, and obviously, you know, it goes right to the top. Needs to be a self-assessment, uh, a debriefing, a re, uh, a just maybe a streamlining of what's going on on the headphones because that came out of a timeout. That came out of they'd already clocked the ball, and now there was a timeout, right? And so they, they had to send them back out there with two plays. They're thinking about that, and they forgot to actually have 11 guys out there for the two plays, as far as we know. Maybe they're still protecting. Maybe a player had been told, you're in on this, and the player wasn't there, and, and it's not good publicly ever to do that, but maybe privately that's what there was a breakdown in the failure to communicate. Communication, everything, uh, whether it's your role, Big picture, whether it's your role on this next play. What's your job? Do your job. Do your job. We hear that all the time. Just do your job here. Do your 111th. A lot of people. Right. Or, or in this case, your 110th. Yeah, I can do the <laughs> uh, the percentage on 110th much easier uh, on than 111th, and, but that's not good here. Uh, and so the other thing is it's for it to have been uh, a defensive line problem. Is that your jet going over? It was Shea Stadium, live from Shea Stadium. Is that, is that is that your private plane taking off? This this is this is what happens the morning after a Notre Dame home game where 
You have a lot of I air like traffic. It. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I like it. Yep, this, this is podcasting is, at its finest right now. Th- that's uh, that is an airplane. We are not sitting outside. We are in a room, but we are in the flight path of South Bend International Airport. There's so, a few private jets that are taking off say, today. Which, how much money do you think is on that plane currently? <laughs> Way more than any of the three of us make, maybe combined. So yeah, that's a that? that's a private jet going over the WNDU studios. If you've ever flown into or out of South Bend. It is the, the campus is in a direct line with the east-west runway. So I thought this was a Tom. I thought uh, we were we were led to believe this was a soundproof, soundproof room. Studio. This is that who who soundproofed this room? Uh, we do have that's the problem. I, I the, want you guys. Is the window is the we, window open though? The we, window's not open. You can't we even you can't soundproof a, a window. You can look around. Wait, I will take camera for it. All right, you guys tell me. <laughs> let's look together on our screens. Where do you think the soundproofing is coming from? Yeah, we need. <laughs> we're working on right it. here. Yeah, maybe. Hello? Yeah. Hello? So, yeah, we're interrupted. Our, our, our train of thought has been inter- interrupted by a uh, Gulfstream jet or whatever that was. Let me just That's get not... back to the fact that uh, the defensive line rotation was more narrow by far than it was the last time Notre Dame played a legit Power 5 opponent. So at NC State, you know, you had other people like uh, Aiden Kiana Aina getting a snap. You had Jason Anye. Yeah, where was Jason Anya last zero night? Zero snaps on defense. Last night? Last night. Zero. zero. And it, it, it we don't go we don't go a week in talking with Marcus Freeman or Al Golden without Jason Anya's name coming up. Yep. Why does he not play? It even came up this week where right. uh, Golden said, "Yeah, that, that, that he's he's you know, he's he's having a good week of practice. He thought the Central Michigan week was his best week of practice." If you're going to say before the game now, this will come out. We're going to have to have There will be that question. There will be that laundry list question Monday, uh, whoever asks it. But uh, we'll get some, hopefully, uh, some clarity. Uh, I don't know if the velocity will come out of it, but there'll be some clarity. Uh, Donovan Hines has been a revelation here. Uh, Kurt's brother, early in the season, he got 21 snaps the last time Notre Dame needed depth in a uh, game against a Power 5 opponent um, that was in the balance, and he got zero last night. They get Gabe Rubio back last night. He got 12 snaps. Perhaps that threw something off about who should have been where. It felt like they are missing a Viper, though. And um, because that, that uh, right side of the defense um, was, as Ryan Day said, we thought, it looked, you know, we thought they'd be soft on defense. You know, he th- Here's the thing. Ohio State's out there, you know, and they have every right. They won the game. They're, Ryan Day's dancing around. Or what Banging on Lou Holtz. Dancing. Yep, Lou, bad, you know, Lou Holtz now banned from speaking on campus. But um, that that did not blew up. But uh, um, the, the idea that Ohio State had two cracks at a 10-man defense and, <laughs> and, and ran a pass play <laughs> at an All-America corner on the first one. Granted, they were trying to get it to Marvin. Big, big respect for Marvin Harrison Jr. come back into that game when we saw him being helped off, Tom, weren't you thinking? I look like a career ender or season ender. He was like, oh, my goodness. And he's back. And they were like, oh, he's back on the sideline, you know, pumping up the crowd. Walking oh, now around. he's back in the game. He's back walking around. Uh-oh, he's, he's back running routes. Now, oh, he's ba- they're throwing to him in, in, with a 10-man situation. This Ohio State power football. Woody Hayes rolling over in his grave. They're, they're running it from the one out of out of the spread and throwing out to a to a rece- well covered receiver because they they didn't realize there were ten men on the field. So there's a breakdown somehow in quality control on the Ohio State side that they didn't count to to eleven either on the second down play, but they got the reprieve, which can't happen. And by that point, they're like, all right, just just give it to the two hundred thirty three pound chip. 
drain them. I'm not going to try uh, Diamante is the first name, but he, they call him Chip. Chip, which is nice. And then, uh, and even then, it looked like he was about to fumble. The ball was Dead. was jostled, and uh, DJ Brown nearly caused the fumble. Now, in fairness, you know DJ Brown feels sick. To air, so many feel sick about, it, but he had a game ceiling interception in his hands at some point on that final. Yeah, on 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 the first down play from the. 31 yep. on the final drive went right through his hands and and uh he's a fine player and a stalwart he's been here for six years he's never going to forget that Notre Dame's walking off the field and, and going up the tunnel last night after the game and one of the fans yells out that's okay just beat him we'll, we'll we we'll beat him in the playoff you think there's any way Notre Dame can make it to the to the playoff and play in Ohio State again in a rematch. There's a better chance that the playoff is is all Pac-12 <laughs> than <laughs> than including Notre Dame this year because I mean of course they're going to beat each other up, but um, it, no, I, I mean it, they're going to have a chance to knock off mm-hmm. the the highest ranked team in the Pac-12 right now. They're going to have a chance to knock off a Clemson team. Unfortunately, that now has two losses, but it's even saltier and just as dangerous by the time you get to to uh, Clemson in November, and of course Duke. You know, I have Duke uh, right behind Notre Dame. I have this as a 13-14 matchup. So even with my Carolina degree, North Carolina, I'm I'm not. I have them a couple spots behind Duke, but you're not uh, sold on the Blue Devils. Uh, no, I have them right there. I mean, they're thir- they're 14, and uh, Riley Leonard is a problem. He is a problem. He's game, a problem. Is, is he a game wrecker? He's <laughs> he's. He's better than Kyle McCord. We're not talking Duke. Far. We can talk Duke on our on our regular podcast yes, on Monday. Yes, yes. So yes, can Monday, Notre- Wednesday, or Wednesday? Did I say all Monday? You did Monday, but all the days are the same. Yeah, I'm all gonna, need some sleep. This isn't Sunday. This is Tuesday. All of worry. this is running together yeah. again. The the season is not over for Notre Dame. They're four and one, but it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of belief and a lot of meeting the moment. All the stuff that we didn't see last night for this program to get back on track and and beat Duke and Louisville and USC and run the table and go to Clemson and really have a signature win. Can they do it with Sam Hartman? I'd say absolutely. But after what we saw with the collective shattering of confidence last night, whether it's the defense or the coaching staff or the defensive coordinator or the defensive line coach or whoever, like everything we thought we knew about this football team and thought they were better than 2022 we're back to 2022, so who knows what's going to happen moving forward, but that's what makes it, this job so interesting. I remember how you, uh, you focused on, back in June, the uh, Marcus Freeman comment about catastrophic mm-hmm. losses, and he said uh, he had learned. What did he learn uh, about that first year? And he said, uh, it, can't, nothing it can, can feel be catastrophic in a moment, but you realize that time goes on, man. He said, that's what I've learned more than anything. Don't let it be catastrophic. Don't let it for a day be catastrophic. But it's easier said than done. And uh, that will be tested. This loss will be okay if Notre Dame can bounce back and play the way we expected them to play last night in the games that they have coming up, in the weeks that they have coming up, in the months that they have coming up. Can they get to 10-2 and or 11-1 and or whatever and see what happens with their bowl projections? Who knows, but... That will wrap our Sunday special podcast, Pot of Gold, here from the WNDU Studios. Your home, the countdown to kickoff. We'll be back on Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Thank you, producer Jerry, uh, tomato man. Look at Jerry. In. Jerry coming in after a long day of tailgating. 
He, he produced the morning show on Saturday. He was up at 2 a.m. on Saturday, wow. tailgating till about midnight. Credentials hard to get by, or else I probably wouldn't have a suntan or sunburn. There right. you go. Future so, tan, burn now, which my, you also expect in the middle of September in South Bend, Indiana. My column, Mike's analysis, you can read both of those right now on, on the Insider. Please go read them. That's why we stayed up all night till 3, 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. So we're going to go home, get some rest. We'll be back next podcast Wednesday, and we'll preview Duke, Notre Dame from Wallace Wade Stadium. College game day coming into Durham, North Carolina. Have a great week. This is ND Insider's Pot of Gold. Now, with all things Notre Dame football, here's Tom Noy, Mike Berardino, and Austin Huff.